We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Food for thought, coming in hot, week nine, officially at the 50-yard line of the NFL season. Welcome back. I'm the Luch here with my guy, Will Priester. Boy, do we have a lot of ground to cover this week. Chief Justice 06, wedding bells are in the air, my friend. It's getting closer. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm really excited about um, my wedding coming up. And, uh, you know, I guess maybe we'll have a little bit of story time about that at the end, but you know, you and I were talking pre-show just about some qualifiers and trying to see if we can get to some fantasy championships again. And I said, man, I'd love for it. And then I sat back and thought about it. I'm like, man, by the time the actual championships roll around, uh, we will be out of the engaged zone and she will officially be uh, Mrs. Chief. So I am I'm very excited about that. Um, incredibly excited and thankful and grateful. And, uh, I guess we're going to just go in reverse. I, you know, I, I, I get a chance to marry my best friend. And uh, so that's, that's, that's really cool. I can't, um, I just can't express enough how, how grateful I am. She's actually super fun too. So yeah, let's have story time at the beginning. And then, as if, like we just assumed she was lame or something, man. Well, no, no, really no, but let's have, yeah, let's have story time at the beginning. So for those of you, I, I know you guys don't know the the future Mrs. Chief, but uh, she's she's pretty successful and uh, she's she's a brainiac and you know I, I I feel like she has about fifty degrees. I'm exaggerating. She doesn't have fifty, but um, I uh, but you know I just didn't know when we started dating. You know after we got out of the friend zone, I didn't know she was going to be so goofy, right? So that's the thing. Like she's she's not, she's she's a nice person. Don't get me wrong, but I think the fact that it's it's an everyday uh, it's an everyday time of laughter. Not that you don't. Not that I didn't want that. It's just I didn't I didn't realize she was goofy. Like sometimes she can be borderline corny, and she will tell you that herself. I don't have to like you know boost this up for her. Like she'll tell you herself. You know sometimes she can be corny, but it's so funny. Um, I can't count. I, I can't count how many times she's just said something random, uh, randomly funny, and I just start laughing. Oh man, it's great! So, um, 
yeah, we we, we got to get Mrs. Chief to to a fantasy championship at least once. And uh, so yeah, story time at the beginning today. That, that might be a good way to lead into this thing. And uh, Lucha, I'll hand it back over to you. Yeah, I, I got a little quick story time at the end, but uh, you got you guys ever go to a football game? Do you buy each other tickets once in a while? Let's see how corny I could get. Because if you do, you should use Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. That's where memories are made, Chief. Maybe do a Panthers game. Hey, got on the board this week. The official marketplace of the NFL Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your seat. Interactive 360-degree previews of your section. So you can make sure you got the best use of those big plays. If your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Mobile tickets make it easy to get in the game. Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Pretty corny, but I made it work. So we're going to start today. Probably not where you think I want to start today. But I'm going to give credit somewhere. And it might not have been a glamorous victory, but it was a divisional game. And the Philadelphia Eagles took care of business. And I'm so glad you started there. That's where I wanted to start. This is great. We're at sync already, Luke. This is about to be a fire pod. Fine. You know, the even even the Philadelphia Eagles homers and truthers told you that, you know, told you we'll say, be honest, that the commanders are always a tough out. It doesn't matter who's the quarterback, who's on the team. It didn't matter that Kevin Byard came in the, to Philly. Uh and boy oh boy, uh he a Titans legend will be missed. And um if you, you know, you can ask me my take on Kevin Byard after I you know get get over this hump here. But uh, you know, the defense still was not good. The pass defense was shredded. Sam Howell was on a tear. But Jalen Hurts, we know the Washington secondary is also in shambles. We've been banging on the table on this podcast about receivers against Washington uh, since before it became a thing. And Jalen Hurts, he balled out. Clean game, four touchdowns, piled up the yards, did what he had to do in this type of punch for punch offensive game uh, to get a huge divisional win. And it's just one of those games that was kind of that, you know, even though it was a shootout and no defense, it was kind of, it was gritty or gutsy in its own right, you know, to show, you know, the world that, Hey, like I can put together four quarters. I'm super talented. You know, everything was working out. So, you know, as much as we were kind of on Jalen Hurts' case a little bit here in this podcast, last couple weeks, that's the exact game we wanted to see out of him. So that that's a good win and a, a huge step in the you know positive regression direction, I guess you could say, uh, for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, Chief. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, in terms of the Eagles as a team, they just keep finding ways to win, right? And that's, yeah. to me, that's the mark of a good football team in the NFL. Um, how many teams, good teams, have we seen just lose Recently, I mean, the Bills have been, you know, scraping by, you know, we've seen the Cowboys have a few nicks. Um, you know, we've seen the same thing, you know, with the Dolphins against what we what we consider to be top tier competition. You know, we've seen the, the 49ers, you know, take a couple bad losses. We've seen the Ravens take a couple couple losses. The Chiefs have taken. A, so everybody's lost some games. And uh, but but what we saw from the Eagles yesterday, once again, we keep seeing that this offense is explosive, Luch, and I think that's something that we can't um, – I don't want to ignore despite the turnover struggles, despite the defensive struggles. 
this offense with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown continues to hum along and they continue to score points. They continue to stare in the face of adversity and come out victorious. And so, um, you know, once again, when I look at the Eagles, I, I see a team that's – j- they just keep finding ways to win. As an aside, you know, I, I will say, man, my my um, my A.J. Brown season-long shares are really thanking this streak of over 125 yards in six straight games, Luch. If he, if he does this again, we're going to be about hitting uh, the season-long uh, investment, which was at 1,099 and a half yards. Um, let me check that, Luch. Let me make sure. Uh that that's actually right. I might have got him at 1050. But either way, Luch, bottom line is he he's pretty much there. Barring any any injury, hopefully he doesn't get hurt. We're good to go. I did some calculations uh on it this morning, Luch. He needs to average, if I'm not mistaken, about 16 to 17 yards a game. They got nine games left to hit the the season long target. So uh I mean this has been a breakout, big breakout year. Uh, for AJ Brown and uh, I'm 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 super stoked about it. Yeah, he need, we we need him at a, at a 1100 loot, and he's already over 900 as we speak. So um, this offense has been fantastic. I will say, I mean, so Jalen Hurts fumbled on the brotherly shove play on on the goal line. So like he turned the ball over in the way that was the most efficient play on the planet. <laughs> through eight weeks right so yeah to me it was it was still a 99.9 percent clean game for Jalen Hurts it, it's just so coincidental how that's the play that he loses the fumble on right so um still just fantastic game found ways to win let me let me say this here's my bit on Kevin Byard I had people asking me and a lot of my Eagles you know fans friends whatever he he was not coming back to Tennessee contract was up I uh I think next year whatever the option is I really tried negotiating before the season he's owed 14 million next year it's a lot um and before the Titans game this week you know it, most thought that most of the players on Tennessee was on were on the chopping block I I think they were looking for a buyer for Bayard for quite some time and they were able to get something done and oh the Eagles fleece Tennessee again okay the AJ Brown trade is with John Robinson. Uh, and the NFL trade market, we can't just sit here and pretend that it's like playing a Madden franchise because that was the first trade this season, like in-season trade-wise, that any current-year draft picks were actually dealt. The market is so bad. It's so bad. Like, you just do not get draft equity for players. You don't anymore. So it looks ugly. It is what it is. You know, Rand Carthon was able to get, you know, something back. Uh, for for Kevin Byard, two draft picks and a player. I mean, it, it could be worse, but this isn't like the NBA, you know, or the MLB hot stove. Like you just don't get good deals, really. And Kevin Byard, longtime pro already, staple of the Tennessee organization, was a big guy in the community. You're getting a pro. You're getting a guy who's mentally sharp. Probably one of the mentally like one of the smartest, highest football IQ guys in the game. He stepped right in against Washington and played every single snap. Unbelievable, right? Coming in, just learning to do what he does. Um, here's the thing. Like, you're not getting prime Kevin Byard, though, which is, you know, why I'm okay with the deal. I mean, is he still a top half of the league safety? Yeah. But, like, 
the bottom line is he has zero pass breakups, zero, zero INTs, but he's not going to get beat deep, right? I mean, I think of that Miami Tyreek Hill game before they made the deal. Like, Kevin Byard's not getting beat on uh, that deep ball, right? So, like, it, it, it it's a safe play for the Eagles to sure up the back end there. You're getting a very high IQ football guy who it was better than whatever they were rolling out there previously. He's going to line up in the right place all the time. But, you know, he's not 25-year-old Kevin Byard anymore. He's going on 31. And, you know, I hope I hope they do well. It's cool for him to, to be in a winning environment. He's from Philadelphia, born there, uh, grew up there. So I, I think it's cool. But, like, we, we can't sit here and be like he's prime Kevin Byard anymore. Like, it doesn't really move the needle, but a nice get for Philadelphia. And uh, I think the biggest thing was him stepping right in and playing 100% of the snaps against Washington, even though – uh, you know, the past defense was kind of atrocious. Uh, the Eagles could have lost that game if they didn't have Kevin Byard back there, potentially, you know? So cool stuff for him to hop yeah, right absolutely. in there and just get on the field. And I've, I've got one little ticky-tack comment about Kevin Byard. Uh, listen, Tennessee didn't get much back in return, but what Kevin Byard gets is a chance to go to a Super Bowl. Like, he, he's got a shot with this team. And so uh, – Good for him, right? Like, yeah, he, he's got a chance, like you said, getting a little bit closer to the end of his career. And I think he's still got some left in the tank. Don't get me wrong, but this is a good opportunity for him as well to step in and, you know, possibly go back to the, to the show again. Especially with how week to week this NFL seems to be. And what the hell do you make of the 49ers now? What What's going on in San Fran Nation? Supposedly, the Eagles' biggest competition in the NFC, you know, to kind of get to the big dance again. Of course, anything could happen in this league. And the Eagles haven't played, you know, a perfect game of football yet. But, wow, the NFC looks a little more watered down now than it did four weeks ago when the 49ers were absolutely humming. Brock Purdy magically cleared concussion protocol in the snap of a finger, right? They're still missing Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, you know, uh, banged up and stuff like that. So Cincinnati goes across the country and uh, it handles business. So what a tale of what a tale of two quarters of the first half of the season. Everyone wrote off Cincinnati in the beginning. Joe Burrow's never going to be healthy, et cetera. The defense is bad. The offense is bad. Well, here come the Bengals. Uh, and, you know, the first quarter of the season was, wow, the Niners are the best team in football. That was the talking head narrative. And now everybody's thinking, are we going to see Sam Darnold? Well, here's the thing. So the, the interesting thing about football to me is it's more week to week than any other major sport we have in terms of the big three, like basketball, baseball, football. And it's because with basketball and baseball, you get such a long season. Like teams have a chance to go through the ebbs and flows. Like and a basketball team could start out 0-5, grind their way to, you know, like 6-10. and 10. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, grind their way to like, you know, four and 10, grind their way to eight and 50, grind, and then all of a sudden they can get back to 500. And if they're back to 500, that means they're at the bottom, they're in the bottom of the, the standings, probably in their respective conference. And then if they can just kind of hover at 500 and take off at the All Star break, they got a shot at a four or five seed. You get what I'm saying, Luke? That's not the case in football where it's so much more week to week. And so let me just say, for the first four to five weeks of the season, the San Francisco 49ers were the best team 
but they're not right now because they're losing players. Injuries can derail anyone's success. And the, the defense hasn't been playing well, and the offense hasn't been able to put it together uh, to, to win games. We've seen the turnover monster creep up on on uh, Brock Purdy, and so I hope, you know, as a, as a media staff, we're just as hard on Brock Purdy as we, we've been on, you know, um, uh, uh, Dak Prescott, as we've been on Patrick Mahomes when he was going through his turnover struggles early, as we've been on, you know, a guy like Matt Stafford or Jared Goff, like, you know, you know, anybody that's been turning the ball over, like we need to make sure we highlight Brock Purdy is turning the ball over at an alarming rate right now. It's something that definitely needs to be fixed. I think Brock Purdy has, I don't know, seven or eight turnovers in the past three games. It might be more than that. I know he had, what, two or three interceptions yesterday, two or three to start before that, probably another one or two before that. So this is this is this has become a recent issue. I'm not saying it's something that they can't fix, but I, I, I do want to point that out. Like, hey, this is this is also costing them games. Like the Bengals scored 31 on them. By the way, the Bengals were not at home. The Bengals were in San Francisco. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think San Francisco is done for the year. I don't, I don't believe that. Uh, but I definitely think there's some issues going on that they need to address and, tr and try to fix. Uh, and, and maybe teams have just found some stuff on tape that they feel like they can exploit loops on both sides for the defense at, defensively and offensively and if that's the case then guess what that's a Kyle Shanahan issue on in terms of being the head coach of this team and uh, not a personnel issue yeah, we, we uh, and, I, and I know those are fighting words because nobody wants to talk about Mike Shanahan being figured out uh or Kyle Shanahan excuse me nobody wants to talk about that he's you know one of the greatest offensive minds that we've seen in in, in the past decade I'm saying you know according to the media but so clearly, clearly teams have figured out something because the past couple of weeks teams have scored and the defense hasn't been able to stop anyone. That that's the unexpected, the most unexpected thing, right? We saw a little bit of that last week in the Minnesota game. It's like, oh, TJ Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson, I'm TJ Hawkinson. Boom, Addison down the seam, right? Like they're just finding ways to move the ball against this 49ers team, and nobody could do it the first five weeks of the season now you get right. Cincinnati and, and don't you know this is one of those things where if I said chief Brock Purdy through 365 yards you probably immediately think what went wrong because that's not what they want Brock Purdy doing right like you right. probably think they did lose in that right and I think that exactly Luke I, I think you've said that man you, you hit the nail on the head if Brock Purdy's throwing for 365 in my mind this team's been playing behind the whole game if uh, Patrick Mahomes throws for 365, we probably think they beat the team by 20 points. Same thing for Tua, right? Like, we're, we don't think, oh, well, that's that's crazy. So I think, I think that's a great point. The more Brock Purdy has to do on offense, seemingly the worst this team is going to be, at least in, in recent times here over the past couple. Yeah, and you know what he – like – Debo not there, right? You have McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk's emerging. George Kittle was fantastic, but you know you're seeing some injuries um, on the offensive line affect everything. You know Trent Williams, All Pro tackle, big deal. You're seeing Purdy scramble and being forced to move off script a lot more. 
that's one of those, he's one of those guys. Like when he's off script, he can still make plays. I'm going to repeat one of the things I heard the commentators say time after time about Brock Purdy, which is actually true. Like he's a great anticipation thrower, but when he's, that's when things are on script and he, you know, the timing's there and he knows when the receivers are going to break. But when he gets off script, it gets a little dangerous. He holds your breath a little bit. Every time he's on the move before he lets it rip reminds you of a Ryan Tannehill or maybe a, maybe a Kirk cousins, right? If things break down, uh Oh, what do we do? Yeah. Brock Purdy, you know, can wiggle around back there and buy some time, but you know, it's still on his own cadence to figure out what to do with the football and kudos to the Bengals, right? Across the country, going to San Fran and they play a much cleaner game than the 49. I mean, the 49ers average over eight yards a play, right? But they lost a fumble Purdy threw two picks they had five penalties. Cincinnati lost a fumble only one penalty the whole game. So just a really efficient and disciplined game by uh, Mr. Zach Taylor, the Bengals, you know, Joey Bungles back. The Bengals, net AFC North, things are starting to really heat up. So we will see. It's a week-to-week league, and the Niners, you know, there's there's little doubt that they're not going to make the play. Like, like they're going to be in the playoffs, right? But here come the Seahawks. Here comes Seattle. Like, just we don't have to spend a ton of time on this game, but big props to Pete Carroll, Gino, and Seattle. Big props. Doesn't matter who's coming in. They can't hope it's on their schedule. PJ Walker's been playing pretty well. The one thing that travels with the Browns is that defense, allegedly, but the last two to three weeks has been a little bit leaky. I mean, they let Gardner Minshew in a shootout, right? Here they come into Seattle. A little bit tough sledding, but Seattle are able to get it done. You know, did well enough offensively at home to see the deal. So here we are with Geno Smith and Seattle going toe-to-toe with San Fran. And I don't know. Let me check that schedule. When do they play? Go ahead. What's your take on Seattle here, buddy? Yeah, man, I don't I don't hate it, man. Like, I look, once again, you have to beat the teams that you can beat. Seattle gets the Ravens coming up, which is going to be let's, – let's call it a tall order. Um but that won't affect them in the NFC in their particular division as much. Um, so, you know, and then San Francisco gets a bye this week. So that's going to, that's going to help them tremendously. And then San Francisco goes to Jacksonville. So I uh, wanted to, did want to point that out that San Francisco does get a bye. This may actually help them clean up a lot of the things and, and help some of these guys, you know, get a little bit closer to being uh, more healthy. I'm not going to say fully healthy, but, more healthy for the season. Um, you know, I think Gino and the gang at home, you know, got another good win. And while Gino Smith may not be um, sneaking up on anyone this year like he did last season, I think last season was just kind of a, a revelation year for Gino Smith. And so he, I feel like he played, he's playing about the same now. It's just this year people are – there's expectations. You know what I mean, Luke? Where last year it was just kind of like, oh, Gino's playing okay. And he's continuing to play okay. And he's continuing to play. Oh, he's playing well. Oh, wow. Like, Gino's an NFL quarterback who's just kind of gone through, you know, the trials and, and of, of the NFL. So uh, I think this team – I always feel like the Seahawks are an okay team. I think they're a good team this year. I don't think they're a great team. Uh, but, however, they just have to be great, you know, in the games where it counts. And so I'm not saying that they beat the 49ers, but I'm also not saying that they can't. 
uh, for what it's worth. Well, they don't have the 49ers till November 23rd. And here's the thing. Like you said, it would be really interesting if they had the Niners this week. I don't know who the Niners are going to be in three weeks. They might round back into form. They might get Debo back. They'll get Trent Williams back. You know, Brock Purdy will be a month removed from the concussion he had. I'm, I'm just speculating here. I'm just saying he, he got through concussion protocol much quicker than most guys do. <clears throat> so who are the 49ers going to be in a month? I don't know. They might look a lot better than they have the last two weeks. We'll see. But if the Seahawks would have had them this week, it would have been two teams trending in current different like directions, at least for like the immediate the immediate week to week, if if I could say. But we'll have to see, you know, how San Fran, you know, attempts to right the ship and maybe just gets a little healthier um <clears throat> as we move forward. One note about that Seattle game, Kenneth Walker was kind of banged up all week. He ended up playing. He only played 41% of the snaps, though. Uh, and the rookie, uh Zach uh Chardonnay. Let's see. Yeah, I've snapped him 59% to 41%. So that was the most work that Zach's seen this year, I believe. Uh, Yeah, by far. So just something to keep an eye on. I mean, Kenneth Walker, there was no serious injury, you know, uh, dialect. But, you know, clearly there's a reason why their workhorse uh, didn't see the majority of the snaps. And uh, we'll see what next week brings. So. I, I will throw this over to you again. Your Carolina Panthers got on the board, so that has to feel pretty good, right? Yeah, let's call let's let's just call this section of the uh, the show fan rants. I can talk about my team. You can talk about your team. Uh, kudos to the Panthers. It's just we're not going to win enough games to be relevant in the division. So I mean, glad we got that win. It was it was kind of a weird win, Luke. I mean, we basically got. We basically got a professional coaching job uh, done the last drive of the game. I mean, we just pretty much milked the whole clock down, kicked the field goal at the end with Eddie Pinheiro, and walked out of this thing a winner. That's how we won the game. Uh, it wasn't very exciting, but all, all dubs will not be exciting. exciting. And I think I think the organization, I think the team just wanted to get that win for Bryce Young, who was going head-to-head with C.J. Stroud, who, you know, many people were saying, oh, God, the Panthers just just made a mistake taking Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud is lighting it up. C.J. Stroud only threw for about 140 yesterday, I think it was. So the defense did their job. Um, and once again, you know, kudos to the Panthers' offense, their defense. And then let me just say, because we really haven't talked about the Panthers a lot this season, uh, they've been so embarrassing week to week. One of the things that has not been embarrassing, Luch, uh, Adam Thielen still has plenty left in the tank in his elder statesman role in the wide receiver room. Are we seeing what he's doing out here in Carolina? Picking up nine to ten targets, seven, eight, nine catches a week, 60, 70, 80 yards and touchdowns. Like he's he's been our true number one. Uh, I still think, you know. We might need a little bit more name value down the line, but for right now, at least while Bryce Young is, is kind of trending and progressing along, he's been a really good safety blanket for him. And so I did want to want to shout out Adam Thielen, man. He's having an incredible, incredible season. Uh, he may even be able to make the Pro Bowl if he continues down this path with these numbers. We're going to be a losing organization. But if these numbers keep going this direction, Luch, he very well could be a Pro Bowl candidate. Adam Thielen, 
7,500 next week, and he's got the Colts. What a matchup. Yeah, I mean, look, he's finally over 7K. I mean, he, Luch, we started playing Thielen, I think, around the 3,800, 4K range, somewhere up in there. Yeah. Then we got him, I don't know, maybe 45, 4,800, 5,200. And then this week he was 60-something hundred. I still was able to get him in. But, you know, at 7,500, I think I'm, I'm finally off the train. But it was a good run while it lasted, Luch. I mean, he, he put up really nice production. And really, getting 10 to 12 targets, he's still probably in play. But I, I think I'm hopping off the train on this one. I, I can segue into uh, the Tennessee Titans football game. Yes. Put your, put your GM hat on. Right. Thank goodness that Carolina brought in Adam Thielen. They have someone, a veteran, someone who has been reliable, available, and always running the right route to help whatever progression like Bryce Young is going to have this year. Because Jonathan Mingo, I mean, so far, no good. Right. DJ Shark, kind of just a go route guy. You know, Terrace Marshall's rumored to be on the block and he had a great camp. He was a, a uh, summer best ball darling late round flyer kind of guy, you know, like, do you think Carolina needs to bring in someone else in the off season as well? I mean, we talk on this pod about, you know, good organizations bringing guys in to help out quarterbacks progressing on the flip side. You know, I'm, I'm sure there are Panthers fans who are obviously thrilled with Adam Thielen's play that are saying, why not flip him for whatever draft assets we can have? They like Bryce Young needs that guy this season. I think like there are just a guy or two on, on every bad team that you, if you truly care about your quarterback improving and getting better and mentally and physically, like you, the Panthers need to keep Adam Thielen and it would be a different situation if they had a, a bridge quarterback instead of the first overall 2023 draft pick who's trying to find his way. That's my thought. I mean, what side of the fence are you on? I, I, I'm sure there's Panthers fans saying, let's get a, a fourth-round pick for Adam Thielen, a third-round. Like, you know, the ceiling's not this year, so why not? I, they need to keep Adam Thielen, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think even if we can get, for instance – wouldn't it be nice if we could get Marvin Harrison Jr. out of the draft? As I'm just saying, as an example, Adam Thielen still needs to be there. You get what I'm saying? Like you need, you, you need I, I, what I feel like are slightly or or, or veteran receivers, and that could just talk you through things, right? Talk through coverages, talk through the lineup, uh, uh, the route tree, talk through how to be a professional. Talk. Through, I I can't stress enough how how much I think that impacts organizations, like. And I, I know the NBA is probably a slightly different uh, setup because of the, the small amount or the, the, the lesser amount of people on the teams. But even in the NFL, like, you need guys you can lean on. And I think Adam Thielen is that guy, even if they bring in another another really nice talent. Yeah, but, Chief, like, they have no shot at Marvin Harrison. They don't have their own first-round pick. So that makes Adam Thielen's like, value, like, even more necessary. Just so oh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. you have someone – just so you know, you have someone in the room next, like in the off season at OTAs, you know, working with Bryce Young. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I just meant that as an example. Like I know we're oh, not going to get absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah Marvin. Harris. But here's the thing, though, about wide receivers, Luke. How many times do we get a wide receiver second round, third round, fourth that just ends up being a star? 
Like it happens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, is Marvin Harrison Jr. probably the best going to be the best receiver in this draft? Maybe. Um, most likely, but there are still guys that are going to be out there that we can grab that, that could, you know, put together some really nice contributions for us. Absolutely. AJ Brown, second round wide receiver, old miss. There's, there's an See, example. That's what I'm saying. It, it's, I mean, it's just, there's always going to be guys, especially at wide receiver that might not be first round, but. Listen, a second and third round wide receiver could walk in the league and start right away, like right away. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I, I think I think we can find some other pieces if we need it. Yeah, I'm with you. A, a reason why you don't fire sell at two and four. And I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Is here comes Will Levis. I I just I, what what can you even. Day, I you could not script a better NFL debut, you know, than what Will Levis put together at Nissan Stadium against Atlanta. Unbelievable. Well, well, here's the thing, too, Luch. Like, and I always so one of the things that I like to do is I like to trust football guys in the media. Here's what I here's what I mean by this. You know, uh, when, when you start see, hearing football guys, and what I mean by football guys is guys that have actually played in the NFL, talk about the vibe of the team, the vibe of the locker room. That's something I always like to sit back and take a pause on, right? Like, listen, I, I trust all media personnel that, that have been in this thing a long time, like Michael Wilbon, Stephen A. Smith, um, uh, oh my god, what's his name? Uh, Ian Rappaport, like you know, guys that have been around, like I I have a ton of respect for them. Um, you know, because they they've earned the right to to be able to share this information, to have access to teams and stuff like that. But when football players lose, start saying, Hey, look at the response of the team, like just look look at how things are going to feel, look at look at Look at the vibe of the team. Look at the pulse of the team. Look, when they start saying stuff like that, to me, that's starting to talk about culture, trust. And, you know, I went back and watched some highlights of that game, Luch, and I did see, I mean, the team looked like they were just rejuvenated with Will Levis out there. And, I mean, I, I think there's no denying that. And it's not, And it's not just because Hopkins caught three touchdowns. I think it was the style of play. Luch, what's going under the radar for me here is the passing game opened up and then Derrick Henry popped him for over 100. Like, if the passing game is going to be more than competent, Derrick Henry's going to have a field day in Tennessee with this running game because they won't know, the defenses won't know how to scheme and shut this team down. One of the things that uh, I think Shannon Sharp said today on ESPN, he talked about the fact that he had a couple touchdown passes of 20 yards or more, Luke. Like, that's unheard of in Tennessee. Big plays? What? Derrick Henry is the big play. So when you're now saying you've got a quarterback, and admittedly, so we talked about this last week, and I always talked about, you know, one of the things I mentioned was rookie quarterbacks don't get a fair shake. Like, 
I don't think they can rock the boat here if, if, and I'm going back to my primary theme of my statement here, if the vibe of this team is what we think it is, the wide receivers, they're, they're in Vrabel's office now, and they're saying, Coach, look, I like, I love Mike. He's been here with us. He's been in the trenches with us. Like, ton of respect for him. Help, help, help put this team on the map. Map helped us to kind of build a winning culture here. But we got to stick with Levis. Like, we, we have to. Like, we, we can't go backwards now. He has to be in. We'll take the lumps with him. But he's got to be our quarterback. That's what I and, – and so, Luce, that's what I think the vibe of this team is right now after the performance yesterday against the Atlanta Falcons, who have been okay this season. So that's where I'm at on Levis. Uh, we talked about this last week as well. Malik Willis is definitely done unless somebody gets hurt. Like, he's out. So just hand him the keys now and, and, and let him figure it out. Amazing. It just just go, goes to show you the quarterback position. Because it's not baseball. You don't have five guys in the rotation. You have one guy. And there's going to be a lot of downs, but the ups are going to outweigh the downs with Will Levis. It, 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 I'm getting like, and I'm I'm not saying that Will Levis' ceiling is going to be anywhere near Josh Allen, but his build, his style of mobility and the arm talent, and kind of a little bit of the wildness. Like, you're going to see some Josh Allen errors in Will Levis, but the the freaking arm talent. I mean, the last touchdown he threw to Nick Westbrook-Akina, he backpedaled to the 45-yard line, across the field, back foot, flicked his wrist, and threw it in the air, uh, dropped it in the basket. I mean, the biggest difference there is Will Levis made off-script plays that Ryan Tannehill, amazing run with Tennessee, father time caught up. I said this for a couple weeks. There's no wiggle. There's no mobility. There's no off script. There's no extending plays. There's no additional element. You know, uh, the offensive line's not fantastic, right? So, Will Levis, you know, you can move the pocket with him. You, you can create some space and do some different things. And there's going to be, like any quarterback, any young quarterback, like, there's going to be inconsistencies. Like, but, you know, with the with the limited uh, capability that Ryan Tannehill, you know, was giving this offense, like, yeah, you're right. You have to let Will Levis rip. He threw more touchdowns than Ryan Tannehill had the entire season. I, I mean, come on, just the the threat of pushing the ball down the field, like you said, opens things up. And it, let me tell you what a different outlook it is, and how rare it is to actually hit. If, if Will Levis is a hit, like he doesn't have to be a superstar. If he's a, a top 15 quarterback, what a different outlook on the offseason you have. You trade away Kevin Byard. Okay. You keep DeAndre Hopkins, who has a player option for next year. And if you're getting bombs and you have a chance to win, if you build on the team, why wouldn't DeAndre Hopkins stay with Will Levis? Possible. Tennessee has $100 million to spend. If you know you have your quarterback, you can hide some holes. Now that you have a quarterback, what what a total different operation you have with a fat stack of money in your pocket heading into an offseason when you know you have a guy under center. Now, there's going to be some lows here, and I tell you what, if Will Levis drops his balls, for lack of another word, on Thursday, 
goes into Heinz Field. And I know Pittsburgh isn't the steel curtain, but still, second career start. The It's going to be a hostile environment. Probably nothing Will Levis has ever seen before. Going to have to rely on the silent count. He's going to have to do some communication things he didn't have to do. So you got to temper your expectations. But if he goes in the in the Heinz Field and Tennessee wins by 10, look out because the Titans are back to 500 in some crazy world. <laughs> Yeah, listen, man, I, I, I get it. Like, I feel like you're in a much different position than me in terms of your fandom because you guys actually could still, like, kind of get out of this division. In this. I know it sounds crazy. Everybody thinks I, – I, I, I still don't believe as much in Jacksonville as everybody But else. they've had the big – they hit the wins they needed. They beat Buffalo, right? They beat Pittsburgh. I know. Pittsburgh. I, I know. They I have know. separation, Chief. The Jaguars. I, I know. Are are going to win this division? That's just the I way they have too much I separation. They're playing with a little bit of room for error now. No, no, I, I get it. But here's what I'm saying. Okay, so 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 let's let's go about it this way then. Let's go about it this way. So Tennessee's three and four. We think they can beat the Steelers. I think the Steelers are beatable, right? You're going to tell a lot about about both teams on Thursday. I, well, I I, but here's the other thing. The Steelers shouldn't have uh, uh, their starting quarterback. I, I don't think they win this game. Even yeah, if they but are, they better with, are they better with Mitch Trubisky? No, no. Are you sure? I'm sure. I'm sure. Because they're not good with either one. So they're definitely not better. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're, they're not better. So here's, here's my point. I, if the Titans play the way they did, Sunday they beat the Steelers. He's going to see a lot. He's going to see a lot, a, a lot of tough defense here. Like having to worry about TJ Watt is going to be a thing. But like oh, yeah. they can scheme that. They can scheme TJ out of certain plays, certain drives. Do you get what I'm saying? I think they can win this game. I think they can beat the Buccaneers. The, the problem is they're they're on the road for three weeks. But if they beat the Steelers and they beat the Buccaneers, Luke, they're five and four, right? They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're five and four. Then they get the Jags. What if lose? Because dude, here's the thing. If they beat the Jags, if they go three and oh these next three games, they're six and four. Then they get the Panthers who if they beat the if they beat the Jags, they should definitely beat the Panthers. They're seven and four. Then they get the Colts at home, they're eight and four. Oh, come on. Then, then they, lose. Come but, on. Luke. The problem with this team, I understand what you're saying. But 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 Luke, what I'm saying is that's 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 optimism, it but is. they should definitely win two of these next three games. Not okay, so this team hasn't won on the road either. Now you want Will Levis to go in a hind to whatever it's called now to Pittsburgh. I mean I do. Luke, I, I'm listen, I'm I'm going with the eye test here. I'm going with how I saw this team operate. Here's the deal. And I think, Luch, I think you got to give your team some credit. Like, 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 don't like give your team some credit. Here's the credit I'm trying to give your team. If Will Levis has this pass game at a serviceable level, he doesn't have to throw four, three, or four touchdowns like he did against the Falcons. The threat of him throwing the touchdowns is all he needs, right? B because he can do it, he's able to do it. What are defenses going to do, Luke? They're, 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 they can't 
scheme Tennessee to say, let's stop Derrick Henry if Will Levis can push the ball down the field, which that's not going to change. That's our talent, right? Will Levis can push the ball, and I think, Luch, what we saw Sunday, I think there will be plays drawn up for him literally just say, hey, Will, just don't throw an interception here. I don't care if you got to push it 50 yards out of bounds. We need to give ourselves some space so we can operate our offense. Luke, I think that's a real thing with this team. And that's where I think the wins can come into play because this is going to, this might open up Derrick Henry's career in a way in Tennessee that he hasn't had since he's been there. Imagine Derrick Henry running against non stack boxes most of the game. And then getting into loops from a from a and I know I'm hogging the mic, I'm gonna hand it right back. And then getting into loops, heavy play action. Luch, if this team gets heavy play action, other teams they're gonna be unstoppable because Derrick Henry is the biggest running back threat in football, even with the Tennessee Titans, even when they know he's gonna get the ball. We've seen him do it year after year after year after year. Luch, if he has competent quarterback play that suggests they're going to push the ball down the field now with Nuke Hopkins and Nick Westbrook-Akina, then defenses are going to have to open up the, They're going to have to open up the middle of the field. They're going to have to play this team differently. And Derrick Henry is going to have nothing but space to work with coming through these holes. Healthy play action, wide open DeAndre Hopkins all over the place. That's what this team is if Will Levis, if they can get Will Levis to, to, to come up and just keep playing the way he did on Sunday. All right. I, I bet you didn't expect me to support your team as much today. I'm going to shut up now. Not hog the mic. Luch, please get in here. And, folks, that is why Will Levis kept Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins in a Tennessee uniform for, for, the, ex, for the foreseeable future. That There's no way either one of them, just for his own progression, <clears throat> this team, I mean, you go back to Steve McNair, right? You know, Vince Young had those couple of years. People are still trying to figure out if Marcus Mariota is good at football, right? I mean, he had some big playoff wins, but that was a big. We still don't know if he's good. And he's been playing for five years. Uh, it's it's been a while. It's been one game. Now you're throwing Will Levis into. Listen, the Tennessee offensive line not great, and uh, Will Levis's biggest knocks were takes a bunch of sacks, turnover prone. How has Pittsburgh been winning these games that they shouldn't? Turnovers, forcing Turton to beat the Ravens. You beat MVP caliber Lamar Jackson, right? You go ahead and beat the Browns, who put the clamps on Pittsburgh. Luch, they, they that, don't have enough film on Levis, though. They don't have enough film yet. I'm telling and, you. And Minka Fitzpatrick's status is in question. That's a big one in the secondary. So they, I, I don't think they have enough film. This Thursday not, night football game suddenly became exciting and could really kind of trend these seasons in different directions. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are Steelers fans who want, who want Will Levis to put the hammer down. Maybe it's one step closer to Matt Canada finally getting canned. What a, what a joke. Listen, Luch, my last thing on the Titans. And, and look, I'm not a football coach, so I get it, right? Like, I'm not a football coach. But, Luch, if I'm – the coach of the Tennessee Titans, if I'm on that offensive staff, here's how I script the first drive. And hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. I, and I think you'll understand what I'm trying to communicate. I don't give Derrick Henry the ball one time. 
Not one time. And I want him on the field every play. Play fake, play fake. I don't give Derrick Henry one touch of the football. Play fake, play fake, play fake. Here's what I do, Loops. I start out, first play is a pass. Hopefully we pick up some yards. Second play is a pass. I don't care if we go three and out. What I want Pittsburgh to see is we're not going to hand the football to Derrick Henry 35 times in this game. You want to beat us, you're going to have to come get it, right? So, Luch, my first drive, I don't give Derrick Henry the ball. I like you it. You know, I, I take a shot at least one of these first three plays, maybe even the first play of the game. We say, look, here's what we're going to do. Right out of the gate, we're taking a shot downfield. You don't have to think about it. Don't worry about the pass rush. We're lining up. We're going to have you protected. We're taking a shot. First play of the game. And we say, look, this is what we're going to commit to. We're going to commit to giving this young man a chance to help us win football games. And Luke, if they do that, what's going to happen is, like I said, the key to me is still Derrick Henry. But we need to give Derrick Henry some more opportune, some better opportunities to pick up big chunk yards. If we come out and say we're committed to the passing game and then we sprinkle Henry in early, then the defense is not, the defense isn't going to play honest. They're going to start getting in the, into some of these cover two, cover three looks, cover four looks. They're going to they're gonna have to play that way. And guess what? You just hand the ball to Derrick Henry when the numbers add up and let him let him keep rumbling down the field. You know, you get into a second and three, don't hand Henry the ball. Once again, give me some hard play action. I don't care if we throw it for an out route for five yards. They need to know we're committed to the passing game. Once they know that, Luke, Derrick Henry is going to have the best rushing experience he's ever had on this team. Ever. All right. I'm, I'm done. Sorry. For Sorry. time purposes, and I, here's a segue. I want you to take half of your GM cap off, but leave half of it on. Because we didn't talk about Kirk Cousins, and you just freaking hate to see it. Vikings 4-4, four and four, Kirk Cousins with the Achilles. You know, losing Jefferson for the year wasn't enough. Here we are, you know, still four and four. They uh, they're traveling to Atlanta, and I'm just starting to take a peek at the next week's slate here. Like, are any of these teams going to make a call about Ryan Tannehill? As much as we've been crapping on Tannehill, the the Jets Giants game was atrocious. And before we kind of get into some you know position by position and and a, a look at a couple of games, Minnesota was the first team that you know the game that popped up on the slate here. Is, is Ryan Tannehill an upgrade for any team that wants to hang on? Is there, you know, his contract's up. Like, they don't, uh, they're not going to have to, you know, uh, tie up any future money. They're just going to have to part with a bit of draft capital. Is Ryan Tannehill a name that could be moved? You know, he could be healthy within the next, you know, two weeks to play football. Wow. Yeah, we'll see. I I hate it for, I, I hate it for Kirk Cousins, but let me just say, Luke. This is why players keep pushing for guarantees. Because when, when things like this happen, and really Kirk Cousins, it looked like, if, if I'm not mistaken, Luchin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when I watched the, the replay of the injury, it looked like he heard it non-contact and then got hit. Is that what yeah. it looked like to you? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. So, um, you know, so, super sad, man, for, for Kirk Cousins in that situation. And so... Uh, praying for a, a speedy recovery, but I think the Vikings are done. Um, you know, Jefferson's out now, you got Cousins out. Like, you know, it might be time to just start looking forward. Um, and, and that's kind of the approach I would take. Um, uh, with the team, I just 
I hate it for him, man. But I, I think to me that's the that's the direction they need to head. And, and where can Kirk Cousins go? I don't know. Unless they just want to go ahead and commit to him for next season and then just let this season kind of be a wash, Luch, in terms of understanding that they might not reach their goals of playoffs, competing for a championship. But I don't think they're competing without Kirk Cousins. Like um, Jaron Hall point. is not the guy. And and no offense uh-huh. to Jaron Hall, but this team, you know, Fighting for a wild card berth potentially, depending on you know, if Detroit handles business on Monday Night Football. I mean, I know there's oh, a lot should. of game left. I, I don't see Detroit not handling business for Monday Night Football. For but but you know, they have to be thinking about the quarterback market. They have to be. Their team's competitive. Um, you know, if they want to show guys like Justin Jefferson their commitment to win. Maybe they go out there and get a quarterback upgrade. I don't know anything else. Or I want to. I want to address one. You know, one game that's massive. <laughs> that is not on the DFS main slate. But the overseas game is Kansas City in Miami, with I believe the highest game total on the board for next week. Yeah, um, I mean that. Oh, that that's one man. Where so let me say this. Let me say this for what it's worth. And feel free to backtrack about the Kansas City-Denver game. Patrick Mahomes was was not feeling well, allegedly, and, and some other stuff. But the Broncos got it done and played yeah, Taylor so, Swift as the stadium cleared out. So let's do this. Denver is to Kansas City as Washington is to Philadelphia. I, I know the Chiefs have been beating Denver, but – they always tend to have problems with this team. So I, I'm not going to read too much into it just yet. Once again, Luch, Luch, we had wide receivers dropping wide open passes late in the game. I mean, Rasheed Rice dropped one in the middle of the field that would have been a 20, 30, 40 yard game. You know, had he caught the ball and been able to keep running. Sky Moore drops one that pretty much hits him in the face, right in the hands, uh, in the end zone. You know, those two plays alone, and the game was still close at that point, Luke. So I think at one point that's when the game was 9-17, 9-16, whatever it was. Yeah, 9-17, and these guys are out here dropping passes. Like, you just – that's not helping your quarterback out. Obviously, Kelsey didn't have a big game either. But I'm, I'm going to give them a pass this week. What I will say, Luke, is it feels to me like the Dolphins should win this game. And it's not because of the matchup that we saw with the Broncos last week with the Chiefs. What I saw was Jalen Ramsey come back and impact his defense for the Dolphins. That, that's what I saw. And so imagine, Luke, you're, you're going to have Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, Bradley Chubb. Like, you, you're going to have to really contend with this defense at some point, even though they haven't been spectacular overall. Ramsey coming back is definitely going to help them round into form. And so being able to get all those pieces back, I think they're going to be a problem because their offense is going to be fine. Um, I, I'm expecting the Chiefs to lose this game for what it's worth. And and we've been waiting for the Dolphins to win one of these games where they have to play a, another team that we consider to be on their level. I think this is the game. I think the Chiefs go down. Yeah, I, I don't know. I get I, it. I, Hey, that's, I'm just, that's just my, my opinion. That's just my opinion. I mean, Kansas City is going to play more man coverage than most defensive teams in the league. Now, Ooh. I don't, I don't have time <clears throat> to pull up the filters on uh, fantasy points data, but I know Tyreek and and now Waddle's finally looking healthy. 
Um, they've been smoking pretty much everybody. So here's the thing. Like Miami's been basically unguardable and they've been able to run the football. And despite Chris Jones being in there, do you think they have success running the football on Sunday morning? Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to have to have success running the football. That's the thing. I, I, I think Miami's so explosive, man. They, they, they should have their way with the Chiefs. For as good as we feel like the Chiefs defense has been, they haven't seen anything like this all season. All season. I'm not completely sold on on Miami's defense either. I well, I, listen. Once again, I think Jalen Ramsey comes coming back helps them become better. I'm not saying they're going to be a world beater defense, but I am saying as him and Xavier Howard and these as, as they get like going and get their feel for each other in real game situations, Luke. I think this defense is going to be improved. Yeah. Um, you know, are we going to see Ramsey jump in like he did with the Rams and quote unquote play that that star position and on defense? Is he going to jump right in and you know off the injury and try to duke it out with Travis Kelsey? I mean, like, I mean, maybe he was back Sunday. He played like, fine. The 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 current formula is and make someone other than Pacheco and Kelsey beat you in Kansas City, and it's much easier said than done. It's amazing how a, a you know, six foot five monster just gets lost in Travis Kelsey in most defenses. But I think we're going to get a really competitive game. What's the line? Let me get the line up here. Let's see. Give me a second here. Oh, okay. Opened at five and a half down to two and a half. Two and a half, Kansas City, two and a half point favorites here with Miami rolling into town. So, so what are what are the Dolphins? What are we getting them at? Plus plus one plus two and a half minus one ten on BetMGM. No, no, but I'm saying for, if if you want the Dolphins outright, what is it? Oh, money line. Okay, let's see. Uh, bu- 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 you can get it at a uh, plus one twenty four on FanDuel. Yeah, listen. Once again, if if to me that that's the play right now for me. Because I like them to win this game, but I get it. Like I, I, I totally get it. Like they haven't shown that they can beat, you know, quite the same level of competition as them all season. But I, I, I have faith in this this offense. It should be a really interesting matchup, man. Yeah, nine thirty in the morning on a Sunday. That, that's the day after my wedding, actually. Aha. If I sound like I'm under the weather, it's because I am. I got the flu game going on here. I've been doing way too much talking. Yeah, I could probably be a meme right now if my face was on the screen. My eyes are watering. I got through <laughs> almost an hour without having an episode here, Chief. Yeah, but I'm fighting through the illness. Well, here we go. Listen, I want to talk about a game that I like on Sunday since we're already kind of there, um, and that's actually the Saints Bears game. Luke, the Saints are at home. We have seen the Saints. Uh, Derek Carr, and this is something I talked about in the offseason, like in terms of Derek Carr's season-long numbers, it's like, look, folks, Derek Carr is pretty much thrown for, you know, 3,500, over 3,000 yards pretty much every season. So uh, to expect him to come in and not do that in the Saints where he was going to have a great handful of games in a, in a, uh, in a controlled environment, I think that was just – 
crazy uh, to think that. So for me, Luch, when I look at Carr, uh, his season-long uh, numbers here, and I want, I want to pull this up. Derek Carr's season-long numbers were 3,725 and a half yards. Uh, and I think we've seen Derek Carr pretty much throw for 4,000 pretty much most seasons. So I, I thought that was a little low. We're, we're starting to see this offense open up with Kamara back. I think this might be one of the best spots for tournaments on the week, Luch. Um, Carr, Kamara, we saw Michael Thomas get going. Olave, we're, we're seeing Rashid Shaheed be kind of a big playmaker. And I talked about him on the Blitz show last week. Uh, and so for Shaheed is always going to be a flyer. But but this is one of the best spots of the week on the main slate, in my opinion, Luch, uh, for offense. And I feel like it may go slightly overlooked uh, because it's the Saints with Derek Carr. I agree. And, and part of that success last week was because of that Colt secondary, uh, you know, which was picking up a little bit of steam. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad you talked about that on the Blitz because I at three o'clock in the morning on Saturday night, I made a, a Saint stack with a Josh Downs run back. Thought I was crazy. And then I stumbled yeah. upon uh, your guys show. I'm like, all right, got some other st- other guys on here. But the Chicago defense is actually pretty good against the run. Porous against the pack. What did Austin Eckler do in prime time? Nothing on the ground. Did all of his damage through the air. Eckler and Kamara, yeah. similar role. I can see Kamara going ballistic out of the backfield this week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, Kamara's been going ballistic anyway. I mean, the man's getting seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 15 targets a game on some of these. So I I, I like this spot for the same. It probably picks up steam by the time we get to Sunday. But I still, man, I, I can't stress enough. How much I like this Saints offense this week, yeah, which, which last week my team was the, was the Eagles. If you listen to the Blitz, you know I was high on the Eagles offense. Nobody else was talking about it, and they came through this week. That team for me is the Saints. And Kamara priced like the best play on this slate, eighty one hundred DK. Finally, finally, yep. yep. I had the lock button on Kamara this past week, hundred percent of my life. Did you see the one pass that literally hit Chris Olave in the head? What is that man doing? He's as bad as he is good, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's just understand. strange. Yeah, and Derek Carr just keeps fussing at him. The, the, uh, the Monday night game, he's or Thursday night, whichever it was, we threw him a pass and he just gave up on the rock. Carr's coming to the sideline like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? It's like, oh, boy. And yep. you know what? And so we, we the – do the math here. The Bears pretty good against the run, awful against the pass. The Saints, who are supposed to be this ground attack team, Kamara's averaging three and a half yards a carry the last four games. They cannot run the ball. The Bears will stop the run. This could be a Derek Carr forty-five passing attempt game. That's what I'm. That's what I'm seeing here. But Luch, that's what it's been anyway. Like just yeah. go back and look. Derek Carr's got two games, back to back games where he's pretty much hitting three hundred. I think it is, if if I'm not mistaken. Am I correct on that? Let me, let me go back and check. Here. I don't feel like filtering the numbers for time purposes, but heading into last week, like two weeks ago, Carr was leading the league in air yards, right? It wasn't connecting on, on all of it, but. And he, and he should still be. I mean, he, he should still be. I mean, he caught a 58 yard touchdown. Yep. So what, what do you make out of this Baltimore Seattle game? Is that screen points to you or not really? Seattle traveling across the country here, uh, more so yeah. on the Baltimore side here. Are we going to see Lam- yeah. Lamar chalk against Seattle? I don't know if we see chalk, but I, I okay. definitely think this is the Ravens game to lose. I think the Ravens are going to have to try real hard to lose this game. You know, we, we always talk about this loose teams flying across the country playing at one o'clock. 
it's not the same, right? It's it's not. And they're going in, into the Ravens' nest. I, I I think the Ravens win this game straight up. It's kind of more of an interesting matchup than, than maybe you originally think because Seattle is this funnel. They're going to stop the run. Not every team's a Baltimore running team, though. Tough task. Outside of that 350-yard thrashing, Lamar hasn't thrown for 250 this year. Outside of that one game. Oh, yeah, so yeah, Lamar, of course not. Like, Lamar's going to have to throw the ball here. So is it going to be an inefficient game, though? Is Seattle going to be able to keep it closer, you know, than, than you know, maybe Detroit was able to? Like, with the, with the way Seattle forces an opponent to pass the ball, like, that's oh, Ted Monk and this, Ted Monk and that. That's not the way Lamar Jackson wants to win games. I, I just can't stand some of the stubbornness not only some of the talking heads in the media, but the coaches and, you know, the influence through these organizations that won't cater to their, like, franchise quarterbacks. And I'm not taking anything away from Ted Monken, but, like, like you can't just totally be like, yeah, we're going to pocket pass, air it out. And when freaking Collinsworth was on primetime saying that Justin Fields should take a page out of the kid's book that's throwing the ball, and uh, he should, Fields should be doing some of those things in the offense, like, you draft Justin Fields, you're not drafting a, a drop back and throw passer, right? Like Jalen Hurts, he does enough of it, but you, you turn try to turn that guy into something he's not, and you're going to have a debacle. Like give Fields his freedom. Don't turn him into a three-step and drop, let it rip. So right. for me, you know, is it a perfect marriage with Ted Monken and Lamar? Potentially, potentially, but he might have to throw it against Seattle, and it would be interesting because, listen, like Zay Flowers, yeah, he's getting design screen, and I love Zay Flowers, but like he hasn't been super electric or like dominating routes and winning all these routes. And you know, other than Mark Andrews, like what's OBJ and, and Rashad Bateman really giving you? I don't know. Yeah. Lamar's really shouldering the load. Yeah, he is, and that's why he wanted the money. You see what I'm saying? Like everybody wants to talk about Lamar holding out this and Lamar that, and Lamar's a running back. This is why he wanted the money. Why, Luke? Because he's the reason this offense gets moving. He's the reason that they, they have to win some of these football games. He has to put this team on his back and drag them down the field and try to help them win football games. When receivers are out here dropping passes, dropping touchdowns, like, you know, he's the reason they win, which is why he wanted his money. Story for another day. Uh, I got one last game, Luke, that I want to bring up that I think is important uh, as long as you're good. Uh, it's Eagles Cowboys. I think this is in terms of I think that the Dolphins Chiefs is the most exciting game of the week in terms of what we want to see in terms of fireworks and stuff like that. I think the, the Cowboys Eagles from a main slate perspective, main slate perspective, Cowboys Eagles, I think, is the most important game because, you know, both of these teams, obviously, even though the Cowboys, I think, are five and two uh, Eagles, six and one or seven and one, they're, they're still jockeying. Uh, jockeying for position in that division. If the Cowboys for, for for some reason could come out of Philly with a win, that would just do a tremendous amount uh, for their organization in terms of their playoff chances in the division. So I think this is the biggest game of the week. I think I think America will be sitting down to watch this one. So what do you do for cash games? You have Lamar Jackson, 8,200. Jalen Hurts in this game at 8K. Going down the list, Justin Fields is questionable. Dak Prescott, 6,500. Do you trust Dak Prescott? He carved up the Chargers, carved up the Rams. 
going to the link, going to the link, it just feels so hard to trust Dak Prescott in this spot. But that Eagle secondary has been so bad. Do you trust Dak Prescott at 6,500? How, how much is Derek Carr? Derek Carr's 57. How much is Sam Howell? Sam Howell is 5,800 against the Patriots. I think it's one of those two for me if I'm playing cash games this week. I live with the results. Like the, the, the pro, I mean, like, we need to see Derek, Derek Carr should have a good game this week, man. Like, I should. I'm telling you. But with like, Kamara, with Kamara, he's at home. Like, it's, yeah, it's the you see what I'm saying? I like it for tournaments, but my problem is without the rushing upside. The Saints could put 30 points on the board with Taysom Hill inside the 10. Kamara gets a carry. Like, like Derek Carr could have 300 yards and 15 fantasy points is my problem. You know? I, I can, but I'm just saying, like, the possibilities there. What, what's your take at Jalen Hurts, you know, against this Micah Parsons pass rush? You know, the secondaries. But, nah, like, this is a prove-it game for Dallas. Yeah. Um, I think it's a proven game for both teams, to be honest with you. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't mind. I'm not as high on him as I was against the, against the, uh, against the Commanders. But I, I, I don't hate the spot. Like this is an important game, so I don't hate the spot for sure. Yeah, that's uh, the 425 main slate hammer. Yeah, that's. I'm telling you, like that's going to be a game people across the country sit down and, and try to watch. Whether you like the Cowboys or like the Eagles, like it's. Uh, People are going to want to see this game, I think. Birds are two and a half point favorites, 46 and a half total. Sounds about they right. Be. They, they, they should be favorites, in my, in my opinion, at home. Yep, definitely yep. should be favorites. I, I agree with that 100%. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm real curious to see the ownerships on the quarterbacks. Um, and if there's more steam on Dak. You know, I feel like less people for some reason are less prone to play you know, Jalen Hurts at 8K, but super high floor. I mean, outside of the first game of the year at New England, he's, you know, 31 last week, 25, 22, 31, 27, 21, 26 DK points. So interesting uh, battle there. And uh, A.J. Brown, highest price receiver. No Tyreek Hill on the main slate. No Stephon Diggs on the main slate. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey at tight end on the main slate. That's what I'm saying, dude. This this is a good slate, really, though. I like this slate. This is a yeah. really good slate. Um, you know, you get a chance to get let me say this, and then we I know we gotta go, we can close out. From a from a fantasy perspective, getting CJ Stroud back at home, I think is gonna be super fun. Especially after coming off of an off week, getting him back at home in the dome. You know, look look for a rebound from Stroud this week. I don't hate him in tournaments. Here's one of my calls is we need to keep an eye on Drake London. Got hurt in the fourth quarter, I think, against Tennessee. The quarterback change there is sneaky with Taylor Heineke because you're getting more cashable targets. Yeah. I mean, it can't get any worse. I'm I'm making a, a bold assumption. They're at home Heineke. playing the Vikings who just bought Kirk Cousins. Might be a slightly deflated team. I, I like it. If Drake, I like London, it. if Drake London misses time, hello, Kyle Pitts. Hello, Kyle Pitts with Taylor Heineke. God forbid we see a Mac Collins sighting for large field tournaments. I mean, that's gross. But I mean, Mac Collins contributed 
last year, and he was big in the in. Uh, God, I almost said spring training. <laughs> he was big in uh, in the over the summer. Preseason, yeah, yeah. I could play some Kyle Pitts depending on what Drake London status is. Yeah, absolutely. That's super sneaky. Um, there's just always so much ground to cover. Kendrick Bourne, unfortunately, yeah, out hurt. for the season, having a really nice, really yeah, nice just awful. year. Just awful. What one of the lone bright spots, uh, for New England, and you know he would be the cheap receiver to play against this Washington team. Yep. And, you know, DeMario. Now it might end up being DeMario Douglas. DeMario Douglas, was, 13 targets the last up. two weeks. All I mean, right, Juju Smith-Schuster, 3,100, one target. I mean, good Lord. Yeah. I like the DeMario Douglas call. Is that the first I think it's Douglas. Call? Douglas picked up tons of targets yesterday, even though, you know, he didn't necessarily turn it into crazy production. The targets are going to be there for him this week, man. They're just going to be there. One more big injury. Uh, Matt Stafford. Yeah. Has not sustained a fracture on his thumb, but he's being evaluated. Oh, boy. You know, that could just really put a, a huge damper on the fantasy value of these two beloved wide receivers at wide there. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know. They're playing the Packers, which is a game they can win. So he might not even have to push the ball as much this week. The Packers have just been bad. So um, I'm actually looking for the Rams to win this game. Let me ask you this, and then we're, we're going to close out with a quick story time. Is DJ Chark going to finally catch a bomb against this horrendous Indianapolis secondary? Can we get a DJ Chark bomb? Uh, I don't know. But if he doesn't, uh, you know, Adam Thielen is just going to carve them up methodically down the field. <laughs> I I, li- I like having one of those two Panthers for you know if I'm making twenty large field tournament teams yeah you know, I'd, I'd sprinkle a handful of Thielen uh, and DJ Chark on my teams not with each other I probably wouldn't stack them with Bryce Young but you know DJ Chark sub four K thirty seven hundred gives you fifteen fantasy points you're set yep agreed all right I got a quick story time so it's to be continued. My girlfriend wants to rescue a cat that someone, you know, someone, you know, cats, stray cats are everywhere. It's so sad, you know, stray dogs, stray cats. Um, but one of her mom's coworkers found a cat in the woods in a box kitten, cute little thing. And uh, we don't, we don't have any any pets here yet at the house. So I, I, I like cats. I'm a dog guy, but cats super super um, low maintenance and. You know, I'm definitely going to fill the void in my life and get a dog again when when that time comes. I don't mind a kitten, though. So I said, you know what? I'm in. But we're naming it Levis. The cat's name is Levis. After the four-touchdown Will Levis game. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah, you know, can we can we rescue the kitten? And then, like, we'll, we'll talk about the name. I'm like, no. Either go rescue the cat and his name's Will Levis. Or we're not. So will I get a cat named Levis? I don't know. The deal's on the table. I feel like it's fair. I want the cat's name to be Levis. <laughs> she can bring it home. If not, I'm sure the cat will find a good home. To be continued, will I have a cat named Levis? Will you name it Levis? Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> God, she hates I me. Like it. 
I Let's like get out of here, Chief Justice 06. A pre-congratulations, and uh, you'll be away next week enjoying yourself, correct? Yes, I will not be here next week. Um, so um, I'm, I'm assuming our good friend Luch will, will get someone to, to, to pinch hit for me here until I return. I will be back the following week. So I'm, I'm out of week. going to enjoy my beautiful uh, – should be my wife at that time. This is this is incredible. Saying that saying that out loud, Luke, just it's it's it gets me every time now. So uh, yeah, folks, uh, and thank you for the congrats, Luke. Thank you everybody for for listening and supporting our content and uh, hanging out with our barbershop talk slash partially statistics talk every week. And uh, we we we're just really grateful that you allow us to your homes, your stereos, your 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 workouts each week. Yeah. We hope we get you riled up. If we're re- if you're either agreeing with us or we're pissing you off about something, we're doing something right. So as long as yeah. we're hitting one Probably side, a little of bit less so since we can't talk about Aaron Rodgers every week now. But don't worry, he'll return back into our lives, folks. You know, I, I two weeks ago I said I'm totally cool if we don't talk about the Titans the rest of the season. I I came to my my terms and I know you know they just were a, a fish out of water with Ryan Tannehill and you get a spark and. Sorry, folks, but this probably the most relevant Tennessee's been all year. So we'll see what Will Levis does in Pittsburgh. Until yeah. then, Chief will be a married man. I'm the Luch. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Have a good week and good luck, everybody.